Hey, welcome to the Fixing Broken Buildings podcast, where we talk about finding the how to fix your buildings now. I'm your host, Dimitri Livis, and today I want to talk to you about fixing the broken opal tower in Sydney, Australia. Now, let's have a look at this. We know that nearly half of the tower's 392 apartments are still in a state that's unlivable, and there's this black cloud that seems to be hovering over this building forever. But is there a light at the end of the tunnel for the residents? The owners, the builders, the engineers, right? The developers, state government, and everyone else that's involved in this ongoing saga of the Opal Tower tragedy. Well, only time's going to tell, but let's keep moving on and see what we can do. Now, For those of you that haven't seen what's going on, here's an update. On Christmas Eve in 2018, yes, that's only four months ago, the residents of the Opal Towers heard loud creaking noises in their tower that lasted eight seconds. Now on first thought, a mere eight seconds, well, maybe that doesn't seem like a long time, but just imagine that's the same amount of time that a magnitude seven earthquake lasts. So it'd be a pretty scary experience when you're on the 36th floor at over 100 meters up and you'd feel like you were a goner at that point, right? If you hear that creaking and you're in that building. So the results of those creaking noises was heavy cracks in the slabs and they were first discovered on the 10th floor as well as cracks in the precast concrete walls and well, we all know that can't be good, right? So you had some of the residents in fear that this building would possibly collapse and for obvious reasons. Now those residents fled the tower and they moved out of the building. The developer and the builder did help with this and they're paying for the relocation costs. In the meantime, the owner's corporation made a deal with the developer, the developer's ECOV, so that they could extend the warranty from 12 months to 36 months. And the developer has spent in excess of $10 million, yes, that's a serious amount of cost, to spend on relocating and reimbursing these residents while it's conducting the investigations to find out and diagnose the extent of the issues and to create a plan for rectification with the builder. Now, these issues have included burst support beams, dodgy patch-up jobs, slabs with riddled cracks, precast concrete panels with sheer cracks through them and peeling concrete. There's large cracks along the ceilings. There's under-designed horizontal beams, non-compliant grout between the beams and the concrete panels, and there's other defects that are going to be determined and are determined through the National Construction Code and the Australian Standards. Just wow, right? It seems like everything that could go wrong within this mere eight seconds has. Now, my heart goes out to the unit owners and the residents. Buying a home is one of the biggest and most exciting investments of most people's lives. And for these unit owners, they've sadly faced nothing but distress, uncertainty, and possibly financial ruin. I mean, this is literally a symbol of the biggest Australian dream, just gone totally and utterly wrong. The building now has hundreds of props that have been installed from floor to ceiling to stabilize the structure and the structural elements. Now, there's no clear timeline for when the residents of these units can return to their apartments. Even the go-ahead for the initial rectification works to begin was only just recently given by the owner's body corporate. 
it seems like a long time, but when rectifications are at play, especially with the types of issues coming up at Opal, and the fact that it's got the spotlight on it and shining on it for so long, it takes time to get the right people to investigate it properly, to pour through all the infinite lists of documentation, to probe contractors, to test materials, to open up areas for inspection, and to design a way forward that takes into account all the issues and how to fix them so that they don't come up again, and so that the building can be managed and maintained long into the future. Now, it's far from the only building or tower in Australia to suffer these sorts of defects. Just some recent examples that I can think of include the 22-storey Chelsea Tower in Chatswood in New South Wales. It was suffering leaks, cracked and peeling render and corrosion. Then we go over to World Tower with its flooding problems and faulty fire systems. And another one that I can think of is 21 Lacrosse Tower in is the 21-storey Lacrosse Tower in Melbourne's Docklands. When it hit the news after combustible cladding, had fire rocketing up the side of its building. Now, engineering group Unisearch was commissioned by the New South Wales Department of Planning to investigate and produce a 17-page interim report which found that the building was structurally sound. But obviously, given the issues we stated earlier, it's still gonna need significant rectification works. Now, in saying that, the Unisearch report is an interim report and we always need a variety of experts to conduct more investigations and to determine a full diagnosis, to provide a full scope of works for remedy. And this is because the towers and buildings of this magnitude can be really dangerous if structurally unsound and if they're not managed properly. They're complex structures with many, many parts. Now, from what I've read about in this saga, it seems that the steel hob beams used to reinforce the concrete need to be repaired and strengthened. And, you know, that's not in question. However, the method of rectification, the scopes of works to be determined by the engineers, and the magnitude of the repairs is another question. It'll only be then when the initial, you know, will it only be the initially affected floors? Or will the engineers determine through their investigations and future risk mitigation strategies that this should be applied to all the steel hob beams? You know, this would tie in with determinations that there were elements of the building that were underdesigned. And depending on the builder and the style of contract that it entered into between the builder and the developer, then the design is often something that the builder relies upon and works from to create the structure. You see, we need to keep in mind that such large structures, the design process itself is almost as complicated, if not more complex, than the construction process. And it's certainly just as important to get it right. Which is likely why Unisearch have recommended that independent structural engineers be engaged to check final proposals in detail before major rectification works begin. Do you get the idea? You see, there are many players, from architects to structural engineers, hydraulics engineers, electrical, mechanical, and acoustic engineers, all the way to town planners, certifiers, and local councils, which is usually more than most people realize. And if effective and efficient feedback loops, no matter how important, aren't in place, to communicate issues that arise at the coalface or to have proper 
hold points for detailed review and detailed feedback from qualified engineers during construction, then problems can slip right through their fingers. And in big structure, a small issue can be magnified to a huge one, such as the support beams bursting in this case, because they weren't designed properly and were supported by understrength concrete. You know, and then there's other deficiencies in the building and the building materials. Now, major works will be completed on levels four to 10. However, in saying that, 105 apartments spread throughout all the floors are gonna be directly affected. And although WSP engineers and the builder have stated that the building is structurally sound, residents are obviously reluctant to move back in. Right, from being concerned about the safety of their children around construction rectification works, to general safety of the building, to works constantly going on and the inconvenience of constant construction works and living on what would be effectively a construction site. Do you see what I'm saying? Let's hope those involved in fixing Opal can coordinate the right people and teams and that they can find the real problem, report that problem clearly and get those works done right. This is Dimitri Livas with another Fixing Broken Buildings podcast, always reminding you creating healthy buildings is easy with the right teams. Take care. <laughs>